So this is the last message in our series titled Every Day. And the reason I did this series at the end of the year is because I think sometimes we wait to do that New Year's message where we're going to challenge everybody to make some changes in their life. And I think sometimes we wait too late. I wanted you guys to get this in your heart and get this in your mind and begin to process this and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to process, process this whole idea in your mind of everyday patterns are going to happen in your life. Uh, you can develop intentional patterns in your life or you can just drift toward whatever. And we say this all the time here at the bridge, drifting is not a good thing because as humans we never drift in the right direction, we always drift in the wrong direction. So what I'm challenging you to do, what I'm challenging me to do is to be intentional about every day of our life. Now I don't know what you guys use to be intentional, but I need lists. I'm a list guy. And the older I get, the more I understand that the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. Now, some of y'all get that as you're driving home. You'll be, you'll be on the new bypass around Goldsboro, and you'll run off the road and go, Oh, I get what he was saying. Write it down. If you, could, if you try to commit it to memory, it could be there or it might not be there. Trust me. Write it down. You know, they make those little post-it notes. Write down the things we talked about in this message. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them on your refrigerator door. See, we talked about health last week, and then we gave you cookies this week. It's pretty inconsistent, isn't it? Where's the lady who made the gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free? You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Now, that's generosity, and that's actually what we're talking about today. So, good job. You're ahead of the game. Thank you for that. Um, see, squirrel. I just, And then I'm like, where was I? Help me, Jesus. But we're talking about being intentional about the patterns in our life where we wake up every morning and we say, this is who I am, this is who God made me to be, I've prayed through about this, I've spent time with God about this, and I believe these are the things God wants me to focus on. I believe these are the thing, things that God want us, wants as core values in my life. Now we talked about regret, because when you're not intentional about your everyday decisions, when you're not intentional about your everyday lifestyle, when you're not intentional about that, then, then guys, you're going to get into bad patterns. You're going to get into bad patterns of thinking. You're going to get into bad patterns of communication. You're going to get into bad patterns as far as what you're taking in, the information you're taking into your life. A lot of us spend way more time with news channels than we do with God's Word. A lot of us spend way more time focusing on uh, the president-elect and all the stuff that's going on we, than we do on, on the king of kings. Amen? Amen. And so, so we got to be intentional about that. we got to go, where's my mind today? Where are my thoughts today? And so here, just uh, let me just remind you, though, in the way of regret, that the greatest regret is that you would forget or you would not give attention to your eternity. You know, people are all about the now, and not just the now, but they think about the future years on this earth. Guys, you know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says if you're here 80 years, you are really, really blessed. 
I mean, the point of that is it's a short time. We are on this earth a short time, but a vast majority of the population of this world doesn't even think about eternity. What I want you to do is think about eternity. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? When was the last time you had a conversation with him? You say, well, I've got questions. There are things I don't understand. Well, bring it. It's time to ask them. It's time to have a conversation with somebody. Every Sunday after service here, we have somebody stationed right back there. And you are welcome to go back there under the sign Belong, Commit, Grow, Serve. There's free material we want to give you. There's a person you can talk to. You can set up a time to meet with a pastor or one of our church leaders or one of our life group leaders and just ask your spiritual questions and ask your Bible questions. If you've got questions and that's what's keeping you from moving forward in your relationship with God, let's talk. Let's, let's get those questions answered because you need to come to Christ. You need to give your life to him. And there would be no decision you would ever make that would make your Christmas better than to receive Jesus. You know, the choir, did they do an awesome job? How about that Jane? Jane can sing, can't she? Man. Jane sings by letter. She opens her mouth and lets her fly. I'm telling you, that is some good good music today but did you get that message a baby changes everything Jesus changes everything here's what a lot of you want to do you want to get everything fixed you want to get everything lined up you want to get every all your ducks in a row and then you're going to commit to Jesus and then you're going to be a Christian you got some habits you need to get over first you, you, I mean, that's the way you're thinking. You, you got some things you need to get worked out and some problems you got. And as soon as you get all that done, you're going to come to Jesus. You're going to commit your life to Christ and you're going to live for him. Listen, bring your mess to him. Bring your junk. Bring your brokenness. You got it backwards. He's the one who gets all that stuff fixed for you. It's supernatural. When you do it, it's natural. How many, I mean, how's that working for you? Not too good. Come to him. Bring your, that, that's what all of us did who know him as our personal savior. We just brought all our junk. We just brought all our sin. We just brought all our broken relationships. We brought all of our unforgiveness. We brought all of our condemnation. We brought all of our pride. And we just brought it to him. We brought our addictions to him. We, we brought it all. And we didn't say, God, as soon as I get this worked out, then I'm going to come to you because I know I need you in my life. No, that's backwards. You come to him now. You come to him first. He's waiting. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And that handle, that door handle is on the inside. You got control of whether you open that door or not. He's knocking. Let him in. Let him in. We could go in Jesus' name, amen, right now, couldn't we? Amen. But you need Christ in your life. Now listen, I'm not trying to sell you on me. I'm not trying to sell you on the bridge. You may never walk back in this church again. You may go, you know, that isn't for me, the lights and all that stuff, and, you know, the contemporary music. I like it more. That's fine. That doesn't matter. That's just a church flavor. 
There are other flavors of church, and if they relate to you better and they minister to you better, then find that church, give your heart to Jesus, get in it, and serve him until he comes to get you. And quit offering up all these sorry, no good excuses. Amen, amen. Man, that's good. Make a tape of this. I won't. <clears throat> Make a cassette, because I don't know how to work the other stuff. Make a cassette. So we talked about the importance of understanding when you wake up every morning. This is for my believers out there. If you're not a believer, your first thing you need to do is become a believer. Once you become a believer, you need to understand you're an ambassador of Christ. You're a representative. These are the things we talked about. Put it up there, guys. Thank you. You're an ambassador. The next thing we talked about was your attitude. And I talked to a lady today. So awesome. Man, Kelly, you did good when you picked her for your mom. She's so awesome. She came up to me just joyful. I said, I love your attitude. And she and I got into a discussion about how you choose your attitude because life is unpredictable and bad sometimes, really, really bad, really, really negative. I mean, I don't know if y'all know, but people will criticize you sometimes when you were doing the best you knew how to do. How many of y'all have learned that? You've learned that. So you've got to choose your attitude. You've got to choose it. That's so important. We took two sermons on that one. Amen? Amen? Not for you guys, but the second service. <laughs> Terrible attitude in the second service. So two, two sermons for attitude. Choose it. But what did we find out in that? And this is so important, that it's really not you changing your attitude. It's where Paul said, he said, Re, uh, submit yourself to God. Allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to change your thinking. Because, see, we get, we again, when we try to do that, it's the natural trying to do it. But when we come to God and say, God, I cannot get my attitude lined up. I need supernatural help. I need supernatural strength. I need supernatural ability. Listen to me. God, God, how many of you know when God helps you is way easier? Way easier when you let the Holy Spirit empower you. See, when you're praying to have a good attitude, God's like, I'm all for that. You don't even have to go, God, is it your will? I mean, Pastor, if I could know it's God's will for me to have a good attitude, then I'd move forward with that. It's his will, I'm telling you now. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, it's his will because your spirit, your, your spirit that you give off as a Christian will determine many times whether somebody's going to listen to your testimony, whether they're going to listen to the gospel, whether they're going to receive it, and how your attitude as a believer is. Amen? Man, this is preaching better than I thought it would. Let me hurry. Then we talked about core values, and I'm not going to stay there, but we just talked about Psalm 15. Just go study Psalm 15. There's a question and then there's an answer, and then there's a result. And we just dug into that, and we talked about developing your core values. And we'll send you all the notes to these sermons. Um, and at the end of that sermon, you guys remember, I gave you the website where you could go through a process of developing your core values. And all that's in those notes, and we'll be glad to send it. And then last week, the one you guys love the most. Help. Do something every day. Do something every day as it relates to understanding that you're an ambassador of Christ. I mean, if the only thing that reminds you every morning is that post-it note on your bathroom mirror, I'm representing Jesus today. 
Number two, I'm choosing a good attitude today by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by my own power. It's not by my might or my power, but by His, come on, Spirit, says the Lord. I'm living by my core values of integrity today. I'm living by whatever core values as you work that through with God. That's what you live by that day. And then, and then the last one, I'm going to do something about my health. And as I was getting ready this morning, I was thinking about where some of you could get started on changing your health. Um, for some of you guys, just getting up and walking to the refrigerator stand, instead of saying, honey, while you're up, amen, girls, come on, don't leave me up here. Then you, your next level could be you actually trot to the refrigerator. I mean, you got to start somewhere. So do something about your health. And, and let me just say this, guys. <clears throat> it helps your testimony. It helps your testimony when we just don't let ourselves go. Amen? Helps our testimony. So if you haven't heard these messages, I want you to go online and listen to them. Today we're going to talk about everyday generosity. Everyday generosity. Now it's Christmas, and a lot of you guys have been really, really generous. I heard right before uh, service started today, a young man came up to me and was telling me about a family uh, who just lost everything. Uh, a family, in, I believe, in the Air Force, in the military, and they just lost everything and in a fire. And... And so we're going to help them, and you're good. I know you guys want us to help people like that, and, and uh, you guys have brought those $25 gift cards, and we're going to get those to people who are really, really hurting, and we got a lot of people hurting because of the flood, a lot of people who were okay, but the floods really messed up their life, and so we got a lot of stuff going on, and, and guys, we give out thousands of dollars every year just to help people, just to be Jesus, but here's what I'm saying to you today, I'm not really talking about that. That is a part of what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about you waking up every morning going, I'm an ambassador of Christ, and part of my being an ambassador is that my head is on swivel. How many of y'all football players remember your coach saying that to you? Head on swivel, Hardison. I used to play tailback when I was in football because I'd get up to run on the field, and the coach would say, get your tailback on the bench. <laughs> and that was the best tailback the team had. <laughs> Who played that position? Anybody else? Play but I remember during uh, practice uh, when they would just put me out there to get run over by the guys who were good. Uh, he would tell me, head on swivel, Hardison. You know, you, your assignment is right here, but there might be a guy. If the guy's got the ball and he's running around there, forget that guy. Go get the guy with the ball. And I, my response was, okay. Head on swivel. So here's what I'm saying. When you get up in the morning, you're a Christian. You're an ambassador of Christ. The Spirit of God's in you. So your head is on swivel from the time you wake up in the morning, looking around, saying, how can I be Jesus to somebody? How can I be a blessing to somebody? And I want to really challenge you that between now and Christmas, that you will do something generous. Now, you've probably already done some generous things, but I want you to really pray this morning. And you know what? It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be money. If you know somebody down the street or somebody in your family or somebody across town or wherever who's hurting that you can do a favor for, how about an elderly person? 
How about a person who, who is not well, who is sick, and they can't take care of their yard or rake their leaves? Or, I mean, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. I'm challenging you between now and Christmas, which is one week from today, and if you come next Sunday, you will be by yourself. Because we're having Easter, uh, uh, Easter. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and announce that. We're having Easter services here in April, April 16th. See, y'all thought, I, y'all thought I got off track, didn't you? I just want to make sure y'all are here for Easter. We got Christmas Eve services on the 24th, and it's going to be awesome. And so we're going to have five services at three locations. Isn't that cool? So invite people to that because, listen, people are more open to being invited to church right now than they are at other times of the year. Man, I mean, can I just chase a squirrel here for a minute? Wouldn't it be a shame if you stand before Jesus and he doesn't even ask you if you led anybody to the Lord because he knows you didn't. He's asked you, did you invite somebody to church? And you go, no, hate to bother people. You know, your church gave you a card to just give to people and then run. <laughs> you didn't do that either? No. Come on, guys. Get those cards, get those little invite cards, and get them. Get them out there. Let's pack this place out. Let's pack the Goldsboro campus out. Let's pack Mount Olive out with people who don't know Jesus, and let's tell them about Jesus. Our Christmas Eve message is a verse, a very obscure verse. You've never heard of it. John 3, 16. We're going to, seriously, that's our message. That's our message on Christmas Eve, John 3, 16. Bring your family, bring your friends, and let's get the gospel to those people. So we're talking about being generous. I want you between now and, and Christmas you've got this week. Just be good to somebody. And look, you don't have to tell them. Maybe, maybe, I mean, if you're in somebody's yard doing something, you might want to tell them. But I'm just saying, just do something nice and leave a card. Bless somebody and leave one of our Just Because cards. Or leave one of the invite cards. The Just Because card reminds them you just experienced a random act of kindness. And there's a church called The Bridge who loves you. And other churches are doing that, and other churches have gotten that idea from us, and that's fine. We love that. It's not about building the bridge, is it? Amen? It's about building the what? The kingdom of God. Amen, amen. As long as we're about that, the bridge will be fine. Isn't that true? All right, let me, uh, let me give you a verse, and it's not going to come up on the screen, but you know it anyway. And if you're taking notes, just write this down, Acts 20 and 35. And this is, the, let me just challenge you to read this chapter, not while I'm preaching. Don't catch up on your Bible study while I'm preaching, all right? But in Acts 20, Paul is leaving the church at Ephesus. His time is done, and he's leaving. And it is one of the most emotional scenes in the whole Bible. And he's telling them that he gave everything he could give. He left it on the field, and he's telling them how much he loves them. And then he gives them a word of advice at the end. Not really a word of advice. I believe an anointed word from the Holy Spirit. Of course it is. It's in the Bible. And this is what Paul says to that church. He says, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak. 
Everybody say, help the weak. Help the weak. You must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to, come on, give than to. Now, you know why that's in the Bible? It's more blessed to give than to receive? Because it really is. Now, I know that when you hear that statement and pastors use it, it sounds manipulative. It sounds like we've come up with this little saying, hey, man, it's, it's really a bigger blessing to give than to receive. You know, about to take the offering, get ready. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you the reason that sentence is in the Bible is because it's true. It is true. Try it. The Word of God says you reap what you sow. And I know I say that a lot. But it's still true. It's just as true as the first time I ever said it. You always reap what you sow. You always reap later. So be patient. Amen? And you always reap more. So if you're sowing bad stuff, mm, stay away from it. <laughs> stay back. Because whatever seed you're putting in the ground, hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip, if those are your seeds you're sowing, you're going to reap that crop. But if you're sowing grace, then you're probably going to reap some grace. Anybody ever needed grace? <laughs> if you sow mercy, then you're going to reap some mercy. If you sow love, you're going to get some love. If you sow generosity, not necessarily money, I'm not talking about money today. I mean, if you've got it and you can do it, wonderful, but it doesn't have to be money. So don't even get on that kick and use that as an excuse to tune me out. I'm talking about putting a towel around your waist, John 13, and getting down on your knees and just washing some feet. I don't mean that in the literal sense of that, but in serving. So what will you do this week? What will you do between now and Christmas? And some of you kind of do this all the time and it's a part of your lifestyle and it's a pattern in your life and, and you're already there and, and you're already head on swivel looking around who you can bless. I know that. As a matter of fact, you know what I'd say? I'd say most of this church is like that. But there are some of you that some pride needs to be broken in you and just be a blessing to somebody. Just ask yourself, when was the last time I was a blessing to somebody? When was the last time I was more about somebody else than about me? Let me close with this. Write these scriptures down. I, I'm not, I didn't put them on the screen because well, the more I put on the screen, the longer I tend to go. And I know you are going, yeah, I've noticed. So write these scriptures down. Write down Matthew 2. I'm sorry. Write down Mark 2, 1 through 13. Just write that down. Mark 2, 1 through 13. Write down... Luke 10, 25 through 37. Luke 10, 25 through 37. And if you order these notes, you'll get all these scriptures. If you're taking notes, you want to write it down, write down John 6, 1 through 15. John 6, 1 through 15. And then finally, write down Acts 9, 20 through 31. Now, I'm not going to read all that to you, and I'm not even going to preach all that to you. I just want to mention a couple things. The, the story in Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, is the story of four unnamed men who are on their way to church where Jesus is the preacher. 
And Jesus is the teacher. And there is a weak, crippled man on the side of the road. And they are on their way to hear the words of Jesus because what does the Bible say about the words of Jesus? No man ever spoke, amen, like this man. That's what was said about Jesus. So they were on their way to hear. They had heard things. I don't know. How many of y'all remember the old days when we used to have revival services? Revivals. Maybe it was like that. Maybe there had already been three services, and this was the third one. or uh, already, Well, that would be the fourth one, wouldn't it? I don't, I'm not good at math. And they're on their way to church. There's already been some services. And maybe these four guys got in contact with Jesus and had an experience with Jesus in prior services. I don't know. I'm just using my imagination right here. So their heart has changed, and on the way to church, they're excited about Jesus, and they're excited about church, and they're excited about miracles, and they're excited about the gospel being preached, but their head is on swivel. They're looking around to see if they can be a blessing. And so they walk by this guy, or they're about to walk by him, and he is a guy who is totally helpless. I mean, he's got this mat that he sits on, that he lays on. He had the palsy. And so wherever somebody took him and his mat, that's where he had to stay till somebody was willing to pick him up and take him somewhere else because he couldn't move around on his own. And when they're walking by, they notice him because people who know Jesus notice other people other than themselves. Amen. They saw his hurt and they saw his need and they saw his emptiness and they assumed rightly or discerned rightly that he didn't know Jesus and had not been in contact with Jesus. And so in full cooperation, how many of you know Christians can cooperate? <laughs> and coordination and compassion and concern, they went to this man and they picked him up, and they picked up his mat, and they took him to church. You know the story. We've been studying that story since we were in vacation Bible school, haven't we? When you guys read stories in the Bible, do you see funny stuff? And I know you're out there going, not always, but I'm pretty sure you do, Pastor. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I see Jesus. When they get there, they can't get to Jesus because the, the um, place is packed out. How many of you know wherever Jesus is alive, people are going to come to that? People want to be where Jesus is alive. And so Jesus is standing there, and he's teaching, and he's, and he's preaching, and he's delivering the word of God. And then all of a sudden, dust starts to fall, and dirt, and pieces of straw. Because back then, uh, the, the roofs of the houses were pretty much mud and straw and whatever they could put together to, to make a roof. And those guys couldn't get him to Jesus down the aisle. There were no aisles. I'm sure a fire marshal, had he been there, he'd have fixed that. But, but they were just packed in there. And so they dug a hole in the roof and let the man down. You know the story. You know it. You've heard it. And I just pictured Jesus kind of backing up and dust and dirt falling, you know. And Jesus going. <laughs> that, that's not in the Bible. And Jesus looks up and he sees this dude coming down. And then he looks beyond the dude and he sees four heads. You got him, Jesus. <laughs> He's all yours, you know. And he sees four guys looking down, expecting a miracle. 
knowing that if they can get that man to Jesus, Jesus will take care of it. And of course, we know Jesus healed him, but even more importantly, as a matter of fact, far more importantly, Jesus saved him and forgave his sins. I'm just saying to you today, and I know this sermon's simple. This sermon isn't complex and um, no Greek words today, you know. But those men were nameless. But they brought that man to Jesus. And they brought that man to Jesus through an act of love, an act of compassion. You know, sometimes we're so blessed that we are not compassionate toward people who have gone through difficult things that we haven't gone through. You know, really, if you're here today and you haven't suffered much, then that's not necessarily a blessing because sometimes people who haven't suffered much, unless they're praying for God to give them feelings for other people and give them compassion for other people, a lot of times it's hard for them to feel. Am I making sense? It's hard for them to understand. And sometimes those people can be very cold. And sometimes they're Christians. And sometimes they're on the stage. But they've never known what it is to do without. They've never known what it is to suffer. They've never known unexpected tragedy in their life. And so it's hard for them. So you've got to ask yourself, hey, is that me? Have I got a hard shell? So what you want to pray is, Lord, Jesus, make me like these men. Make me like these men that I'm not just about me, that, that I've got my head on swivel. I'm looking around. Yeah, I'm blessed, and yeah, I've got somewhere I'm going, and I know what the vision for my life is, and I know the things God's called me to do in his word, but I mean, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, I'm looking around for somebody to be generous to because all some people need to break that barrier to get to Jesus so their soul can be saved is they just need somebody to be kind. Just, they just need somebody to be Jesus to them. And break that membrane, break that shell. And then the next scripture that I gave you is about the Good Samaritan, and I hope you'll go home and read that. And, and that's a whole sermon in itself. Man's on his way, he's on a journey, and, and there's this man who's been uh, assaulted, and he's been robbed, and he's on the side of the road. And, and if you'll read that story, you'll find that a lot of religious people passed him by. The same people who crucified Jesus are the people who passed him by. But this man came along and he was moved with compassion. See, you want to pray for that. You want to pray for that because you don't automatically have that. You say, boy, if I'm in need, I sure so hope somebody will help me. There's that sowing and reaping deal. You've got to sow it. You've got to sow it so when it comes time that you're being passed by that you'll reap what you sowed. Amen? So God, give me that compassion. Then the next scripture I gave you in John 6, 1 through 15, y'all know that's one of my favorites, where the little boy just gave his lunch to Jesus. Just gave it to Jesus, and Jesus blessed it and distributed it, and he took home way more than he had in the beginning. And then in Acts 9, one of my favorite places in the Bible is this guy named Barnabas. Y'all remember Barnabas in the Bible? Some of y'all might be sitting here going, no, not really. Who was he? Well, he is the guy who launched the ministry of a guy named Paul. Anybody remember that name? See, Barnabas was 
filled with compassion. As a matter of fact, his name meant son of compassion. His name actually in the Greek is the same word as that of the Holy Spirit. He was a comforter. I'm not saying he was the Holy Spirit. I'm saying he had characteristics of the Holy Spirit working in him. He was a comforter. He was compassionate. And Paul, let me tell you who Paul was before he got saved. He was ISIS. He was ISIS. He, he's the one who had Stephen stoned to death. Kind of sounds like some of the stuff we hear now, doesn't it? Oh, I love that story of Stephen. Paul goes, I'll, well, his name was not Paul then. What was it? Saul, because a baby changes everything. And so, so Saul held the coats of the people who stoned Stephen to death. Now, when you study the story of Stephen, uh, most people believe he was a um, teenager probably or a very young adult at that time. And Saul hold, held the coat so they could stone him to death. And I love that story where Stephen, the, the bones are smashing and the blood is splashing and he's going down on his knees and, and he looks up and he opens his mouth and I can see all the people who are stoning him say, listen, listen, he's about to deny Jesus. He's about to turn his back on his God. And Stephen says, I see Jesus. I'm not denying him. I see him standing at the Father's right hand. I just, I don't know. This, my, this is my imagination, humble but accurate. Just like my opinion. <laughs> I just see, I see Jesus. What? I mean, it's just me. It's not the Bible. I just think. When Jesus looked down and saw what was going on, he stood in honor of a young boy who would, who would go down, who would not compromise and give his life. So I'm talking about that Saul. And when he got saved on the road to Damascus, so he got saved. So he's ready to what? Because when you get saved and you really get saved, you're ready to what? Go to church. Amen. So he's going to church, and he gets to church, and the church looks, and they see who it is, and they go, whoa, time out, buddy. <laughs> everybody, everybody got in the karate kid position, because it was Saul of Tarsus. But see, he had already met Barnabas, and everybody loved Barnabas. Barnabas was always giving Always generous, always hugging. I just see him always just showing compassion and love and, and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And all of a sudden, Barnabas steps up and goes, whoa, guys, I know who he is. I know who he is very well. But I'm telling you, he's given his life to Jesus. He's been born into the family of God. And he is not the same guy and Barnabas said, I vouch for him. I vouch for him. Well, the people said, you know what? If you vouch for him because of your generosity and because I know who you are, Barnabas, I thought I knew who this guy is. Maybe he has changed, but I'd never believe it if you didn't believe in him. So since you believe in him, Barnabas, we're going to trust. And you know what happened? 
the star of Paul grew brighter and brighter and brighter. And the star of Barnabas in the Bible grew dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Now, I don't mean, I don't mean Barnabas quit doing great stuff. I mean the Bible just didn't talk about him so much anymore. I mean, Barnabas kept right on. You remember Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on that missionary journey, and he got homesick for his girlfriend? I don't know if that's true, but anyway, halfway through that trip, he went back home. Probably missed his mama's cooking. <laughs> remember those collard greens and biscuits and fried chicken? No pork. He was a Jew, but... So for some reason, Mark went back home, and then when it came time to go on the next missionary journey... Mark wanted another chance. Y'all remember what happened? Paul said what? Nope. You messed up, you're out, buddy. No more second chances. Who was it that stepped up and said, hey, Mark, I tell you what, I'll go with you. We'll go on a missionary journey, and, and we'll get, let Silas go with Paul. It was Barnabas who gave Mark another chance. And I think that was worth it because, you know, there's a book in the Bible called Mark. And when Paul is dying in a prison cell later, he says, send Mark to me, the one I rejected when he was a boy. Send him to me and tell him I need two things. Tell him to bring me a coat because I'm cold and bring me my Bible. Bring me the parchments. Generosity. Generosity. If you will be generous individually, sit down with your family, make a plan this week. Be generous to somebody. Shock somebody. Blow somebody's mind with generosity. And I think they'll listen when we want to tell them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand, would you? Let's, let's close in prayer up here in the altar. Will you all come and let me pray over you and then we'll go home. Seven minutes after 10. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's a Christmas. That's my present. That's my Christmas present to you guys. A shorter sermon than usual. I told Pastor Andy I was going to try to do that today. He said, first, I've got to see it. He said, and then secondly, if you do it, I know they'll be thankful. Let's don't, be, let's don't be people who just come to church and talk about stuff. Let's go out there and be it. Let's go out there and be it. That's what people are tired of. That's what people are sick and tired of is all this stuff we say in church and we act like everybody else out there. Amen? Father, if there is somebody here in this church sitting, standing, whatever, and they don't know you, They've been running from you. They're that guy I described at the beginning of the service that said, I'm going to get my stuff together and then I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. I'm going to get my act together. I've got some loose ends I need to tie up. Then I'm going to... I believe that guy's here. I believe that guy who's thinking that way is here. I believe that gal who's thinking that way is right here, right now, and I believe they're in this church. I pray that right now they would realize that they need you to help them tie up those loose ends. They need you to help them with those broken relationships and, 
and the damage that's been done in their life. They need you to help them. And so they don't get all that straight and then come. But what they do is they just come to you. Bring their junk. Bring. That's a sermon series right there. Bring your junk. God, help us understand we don't get fixed and then come to you. We bring our brokenness. We bring our pain. We bring our where we've blown it and where we've sinned and where we've messed up and, and where when we think about it, we're ashamed of what we said. We're ashamed of what we did. We bring all that shame to you because you're not about shame. You're not about shame. You're about forgiveness. You're about second chances and third and 50th and 100th chances. I'm so glad you're that kind of God because I've needed a bunch of chances. I've needed a lot of, a lot of second chances. You've given me one every time. You've embraced me every time. Every time I've drifted away and come back, you've, you've opened your arms. Just that kind of God. I've done some stupid stuff in my life, Lord. I've done some really hurtful things. A lot of times those hurtful things came out of my own lack of confidence and my own depending on myself and trusting myself. Thank you, God, for your love and your forgiveness and your second chances and if there's somebody here who doesn't know you or if there's somebody here who's strayed away from you, I pray right now they would just say, I come to you, Lord Jesus. I come to you, Lord. Forgive me. Cleanse me through the work of the cross of Calvary. Give me life through the resurrection from the grave. And give me a new up I'm going to come back again but you're going to help me grow and I'm going to surrender my life to you every day every day I'm going to be intentional about serving you and representing you living by my core values, taking care of my health, choosing a godly attitude. I'm going to do it every day. Remind me by your spirit. I'm going to write it down, Lord. Pastor said, weakest ink, better than the strongest memory. So I'm going to write it down and I'm going to stick it in different places. and I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to walk it out. It's going to be more than talk. I'm going to live it because you're going to help me through your supernatural power. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Merry Christmas, y'all. I love you. God bless you. Thank y'all for being here today. God bless you. Thank you.